Greetings and welcome to Shnayim Mikra, the wonderful podcast series sponsored by the Orthodox Union, hosted here at OU.org, in which we investigate the Parashat HaShavua using one podcast for each Aliyah. My name is Yitzhak Shalom, and I'm delighted to be back with you to study this week's very exciting Parashat Beha'alotacha, which begins at the beginning of Perak Chet, the eighth chapter of the book of Bamidbar. Today we're going to look at the first Aliyah, and immediately following on the very long, the longest chapter, at least according to the verse division, um, the longest chapter in all of Chumash, chapter 7, in which we got the details um, in uh, repetitive and uh, ceremonial fashion of the dedication of the Mishkan, Vaidaber Adonai El Moshelimor, Taber Allah Haron V'yamartai Lav Bahalotacha Etanerot, hence the name of the parasha. So Hashem speaks to Moshe and says, Speak to Aaron and tell him, When you lift up the Nerot, El Mul Pnei Menorah, facing the Menorah, Ya'iru Shivat Nerot, the seven candles should give light. Meaning that you have to have it face the Menorah, and that of course becomes part of the discussion of which direction the Menorah faces. So Aaron did exactly that. Just as Hashem commanded Moshe, and we now find out again that the menorah was made out of one piece of gold, to the base, all the way up to the flowers that are on the on the legs, mikshahi one piece. Moshe made the menorah exactly the way Hashem showed him, which the whole piece here together comes to stress again. Hashem told Moshe, Moshe told Aharon. And Aharon did exactly as Hashem told Moshe to tell him. And Moshe had made the menorah exactly as Hashem had showed him. So everything is exactly in accord with Hashem's will. There is a very famous question. Rashi raises it. The Ramban discusses it. Which is why, again, this is the third or fourth time that the mitzvah of the menorah, the mitzvah of the Nerota menorah, is mentioned. We have it, of course, first in Parshat Trumah and again mentioned in the beginning of Parshat Tetzaveh, of course in Pekudeh, but that's not really the issue, and of course in Parshat Emor. And so why here again? Uh, we will come back and discuss that after we finish looking at the rest of the Aliyah. Now this has two pieces of background. Piece number one of the background is that in uh, the towards the end of Parshat Tetzaveh, and and again at the end of Parshat Sav, we had a description. And Tzavet was the command, and in Sav it was the the description of the fulfillment of the command to sanctify the Kohanim. Kohanim are lifted up from everybody else. They have the special job. They have the special clothes, etc. And there's a ceremony of investiture. However, there is no mention of the Levim at that point. Now, it, the other piece of the background is that in Parshat. Bamidbar, we are told that the, uh, the the firstborn are going to be, if you will, traded for the Levim, and the, and therefore the uh, fact that there are uh, a certain amount of firstborn more than there are Levim, 22,000 Levim, 22,000 change of firstborn, that's where Pigyon HaBechorot comes in, that the money has to be given, five shkalim per extra Bechor, and that's how we find out that the Levim are going to be taking this particular role of the servants of the Avodah, if you will. However, what we have not yet heard is by what vehicle, by what procedure are the Levim 
going to be invested. So now we find out what it is. Kachatal ve'im itoch b'nei Yisrael, v'tiar ta'otam. Purify them. V'chotas alamatam, this is what you do. Hazeh mechatat. The first thing is, they're going to have mechatat, which we don't really know what that is until we get to paraduma. You're going to have it put on them. V'haviru tar kol b'saram, and a razor on all of their skin, meaning they'll be shaved. V'chivsuvig dehem, and then wash their clothes, which we assume means mikvah. V'hitaharu, and they'll become tahor. And then, v'lakchu, the whole of him will take par ben bakar, one ox, u'minchato, and what's its minchat sot pulav hashemen, refined flour mixed with oil, u'farshenim ben bakar tikal chatat, and a second one is a chatat. So we don't know what the first one is yet. V'ikravtat al v'im, and then you're going to bring the levim lifnei oil moed. V'ikaltat kol adap and Israel, you're going to bring the levim before al moed and gather everybody there. V'ikravtat al v'im lifnei Adonai, and bring them close to Hashem. And Bnei Yisrael will somehow put their hands on the Levim, investing them. Aaron will lift them up. He will take them from Bnei Yisrael and sort of lift them up. And there's almost like a wedding of one party handing the Levim over to the others. And then they will be there to do the worship of God. Now the Levim take this transfer. And they put their hands on the Parim. Meaning it's their parim, but notice the order. There's smicha given by Bnei Israel. There's a form of smicha given by Aharon, Tnufa. And then the Levim transfer that to the parim. And one of them will be a chatat. We already heard about that. The other one now we find out will be an olah. Lechaper. Lechaper meaning not necessarily to atone. They haven't done anything wrong. But rather to cleanse. And they will stand them in front of Aaron and, and his sons. And lift them up. And the result of this will be to separate them from the rest of Bnei Yisrael. And they will become mine. Right? And that's the beginning of the investiture. And the next Aliyah will see the end of that process. But in the meantime, I want to go back to Rashi's famous question about why the repetition of Bahalotcha. He tells a beautiful piece. Uh, which, uh, as an Agadah, is gorgeous, in which he says that Aaron uh, considered that everybody else is bringing gifts to the Mishkan, he'll wait until everybody has brought their gifts, and then whatever's left over, he'll bring. When he saw that they had brought everything necessary and there was nothing left for him to bring, he was crestfallen. HaKadosh Baruch Hu told him, Shalchag Dolam your gift is greater than theirs, because you are Metiv Umadlikat you clean out and light the Nerot. So the Ramban attacks this perspective and says, I don't understand if he's just trying to make Aharon feel better, then why tell him about the uh, about the Menorah? Why not tell him about the Ketoret? Why not tell him about the fact that he's doing the Avodah? Why not tell him about the Kodesh Kedoshim? All the things that only the Kohanim do. The Menorah is great, but it's not the greatest. Why is that the point that he uses to console him? So the Ramban mentions a Migilat Starim that he found, a late Midrash, in which HaKadosh Baruch Hu said to Aharon, Shalchag Dolam yours is greater than theirs, meaning something very different. That all of the other korbanot, all the things that Nassim brought, they will only exist as long as there's a mikdash. But you are going to do the mitzvah of the menorah, which will outlive the mikdash, and will become a symbol of it outliving the mikdash through your children, who are, of course, the Chashmonaim. And this is a very famous Ramban, that is often studied around Hanukkah time, even though we're nowhere near here in our Parshat HaShavua cycle, 
uh, because in this, and I strongly recommend reading the Ramban inside, it's gorgeous, uh, Ramban, in which he essentially tells Aaron that the consolation was that your contribution here is something that will outlive the Mikdash, and even if the Mikdash is destroyed, there will still be a menorah, meaning the menorah that we light, which commemorates a victory that Dafka, his own sons, were instrumental in bringing about, which of course we celebrate as Hanukkah. Okay, we'll pause at this point. We'll pick it up in the next podcast with the second Aliyah. In the meantime, everybody should have a wonderful day.